Welcome everyone to the third episode of the podcast of the Student Council of Health and Life Sciences, brought to you by me, Jan, and Lara. Welcome everyone and welcome back. Today uh, with us we have Hans Saverberg, the Director of Education for the Biomedical Sciences Programs. Welcome Hans. Fine. Nice. Lara, is the recording ready? Yes. Okay. Great. So, welcome, Hans, to the third episode of our little podcast. We're very happy to have you here. And we can probably just start out with the very first question, and that would be just generally tell us something about yourself. So, who are you? Where are you from? Where do you study? Etc. Etc. Um. Well, where should I start? Well, I'm. I was born and raised in um, Hoenswalk. Do you know where Hunswick is? I don't. No. You know, maybe you know Halen. Yeah. Halen, I do know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when I was born, it was a separate village, and now it's it's part of the city of Halen. Oh, oh, okay. You can say I'm I'm from this region. Um. So so I lived there until I um finished my high school, and then I went to Amsterdam, the Free University, to study human movement sciences. Hmm. All right. Uh, Okay. It was a very nice time in Amsterdam. Um, I, I really like the city, and um, yeah, sometimes I would like to go back to it there. But <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. So I studied yeah. for um, about six years in Amsterdam, and then I moved to Nijmegen to do a PhD. Mm -hmm. um, there was a time when it was very hard to get a PhD positions, so. Um, Yes, I, I took a PhD position that was not really my topic, um, but anyway, anyway, I learned, I learned a lot. Um, well, when I studied in Amsterdam, I thought, well, this is the only place where they understand biomechanics, human movement sciences. Mm -hmm. So I, I was much into biomechanics and um, coordination of, of movements. And then I went to, to Nijmegen and I found out that there are people over there that understand biomedical, biomechanics as well. So it was, well, it was yeah. nice to go there, yeah. uh, and I worked there in the Department of Anatomy and Embryology. So I also did a lot of uh, teaching in um, the section halls, and I, I realized that, just later I realized that even then already, I started to um, have my ideas about how education can be changed. So mm -hmm. I tried to change uh, the design of the practicals, it was very much. Um, just dissecting and knowing the origin and the insertion of muscles. Um, and I, I wanted to change a bit more into what, what I called functional anatomy, knowing what the, why a, how would that affect um, the functionality of anatomical structures. Right. Um, and I, I worked there in a PhD on the wrist joints, kinematics, and ligaments. So the wrist joint is the thing that connects your hands to your forearm. Um, it, it was, yeah, it, it, it was a very good school in 
learning how to do research, but actually my what I was really interested in was is how muscles work and the coordination, so the biomechanics. Um, so after my PhD, I went for a postdoc to um, Utrecht University, where I worked at the Faculty of um, Veterinary Medicine. And there I, I worked on a, on a project with horses. Um, so we, we studied how they walk and trot and uh, gallop, um, injuries that I have, how you can deal with the, these injuries. So that was much more back to my, um, what I then thought, well, this is my thing, muscles and how you move. So I worked there for about four years and then um, there came this position in Maastricht. It was in 1996. Um, it was a position in human movement sciences. So that, that was my, the topic that I studied. And I thought, well, I should apply there and um, by the time I, I was not really aware about what Maastricht was famous about, it was famous for education. Um, I, I just went there because the topic biomedical science, uh, human movement sciences, and I thought, well, that's nice. And then when I came here, well, I was um, surprised to see this uh, problem-based learning approach, and um, I, um, yeah. I really became a passionate um, follower of um, problem-based learning. And by now, I think uh, we should change the P of problem from problem into passion. Should be passion-based learning. <laughs> Maybe that's something for later in this. Uh, right. Right, yeah. It's quite interesting because, I mean, so far, as far as I know, quite a lot of programs right now have PBL implemented in their curriculum, right? So back then in 1996, it wasn't the case. Um. You, you mean a lot of uh, programs have a PBL? Um, do you mean within Maastricht or outside? No, outside. So, so right now it seems to me that generally in the entire Netherlands, uh, PBL is quite quite common. But back then it, it wasn't the case. Is, is, that, is that right? Uh, back then it certainly, certainly was not. And, okay. and also now I, I doubt whether a PBL is common in the Netherlands. Okay. okay. Uh, often they, they try something with some problems to introduce yeah. some problems to okay. apply um, what they teach students in lectures in a problem mm. but uh, I think problem-based learning is, is well, real problem-based learning is that the education is that the problem is really center uh, we yeah. have tutorial groups that is the core of our education and sometimes you have a lecture and, and a lecture um, should be there in, in my opinion to to clarify some things that are not clear in a, in a tutorial group or that are complex or to to summarize the context of, an, of a, a series of tutorial groups right no yeah it's interesting because i also know that in my home country like in italy uh, a lot of university are also trying to insert some problem-based learning sessions but they are really far away from what actually the whole pbl system is like they're trying which is i think it's nice that the whole Europe is starting to realize the importance of these systems, but yeah, they have still a long way to come. <laughs> and I think it's 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 very hard to to change the culture of a university to yeah. to have a well um, a non PBL university and change it into PBL. My Maastricht University started forty five years ago as a new university, and so then mm -hmm. it was relatively simple to change it. But, but, but you 
also nowadays you you notice that if we have um, and, and, and new employers from um, other universities that are used to their education and uh, they, they think that well I have to teach each in a sense of uh, sensing uh, sending information whereas PBL is that well, well students have the problem and they, they discover information okay yeah oh great um, so uh, moving on from uh, the PBL toward more you so you're the director of education for biomedical sciences but what are exactly your responsibility inside the biomedical science program and more general maybe also inside the well, FHML faculty uh, well, as, as, a, as a director of education, uh, well, you're, you're under the final responsible for the entire education in a program. So in FHML, we have um, three domains, um, medicine, health, health science, and biomedical sciences. So and there are three uh, directors of education, and each of them is responsible for well, all the education that is organized within that domain. Um, Yes, yeah, so, so that's, that, that, that involves a lot of um, org organizing, meeting, management. Um, yeah. uh, the program has a, a director of education, but also a bachelor co a coordinator and a master coordinator. You have course coordinators. Um, uh, we, we have longitudinal lines and the courses and all these um, topics, they have to be uh, tuned to each other. Um, and when I, especially in the period that I am a director of education, when I became director of education, I think that's, that's about eight years ago, um, we, we decided rather quickly that we want to revise the bachelor and also the master program. So actually my, my work over the last eight years was very much involved in uh, making plans, um, not, not on my own, but um, to um, to get the organization of biomedical sciences, all the staff members um, talk about how to revise it, how to do it actually, and then also really implement it. And that's mm -hmm. well, that, that's a lot of organizing work. Yeah, I, I can definitely imagine. It's also very great that you've been present since the very beginning of the yeah. revision of the biomedical curricula. And so what we we're wondering is what makes biomedical special a science special to you since you were present since the very beginning uh like what what's the, what are the key characteristics where you think wow this is this is really amazing this is this is great well, well you mean what is great in the revision or in, in biomedical sciences uh, generally our program yeah yeah well what, what i like in biomedical sciences well um yeah well, well i mentioned i studied human movement sciences and you can say, well, that, that's that's a subtopic of biomedical sciences. Um, so, and I I went to Amsterdam to start human movement sciences just be, because I was interested in how the human body works. Well, uh, and, and I, I like to um, to do sports. Um, so, so that's how I end up, ended up with human movement sciences. But, but, but in fact, um, well, I have, I have some intrinsic motivation just to. I want to know how it works, and that's that's what I think is is, is special for me in in biomedical sciences. It's about getting understanding how it works, and 
using that knowledge to to come with the, up with innovations. Uh, well, the, the most actual one, of course, is the the vaccination in um, for for COVID nineteen. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I remember that uh, it must have been about four months ago that I read in a, in a newspaper these um, how these uh, Pfizer and um, Moderna um, vaccines work. Well, I thought, well, well, I thought, well, I, I wondered that I had, would have thought of this. So I was just excited by the idea how it works. And yeah. I thought that people think of new things because of what they know and then combine it. So they, they use their creativity to mm. come up with new things. And that's yeah. what I like about biomedical sciences. But uh, it could also have been any other science that that will, would have interested me. Right, right. And what specifically do you think that we here at Maastricht University are doing better than most? Or what, what makes us at Maastricht University special, our, say, bachelor and our master in biomedical sciences? Um, I, th I think in the, um, the, in the revision, um, we, we implemented a kind of, well, really special things for biomedical sciences that, that you don't see at, at other places. Mm. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm a bit hesitant to say that we do it better, or at least yeah. we do it in a different way, and yeah. let, let others judge whether we do it better. Yeah. Um, but, well, I think what, what is, it's very nice that we have explicit attention for these competences. Um, we not only want our students to be experts in biomedical sciences, but also that they learn to, to um, be professional, they learn to communicate, work together, um, develop some, some expertise as investigators. And it's, it's, it's not only that, I think other programs also say that they do that, but I think what we accomplished in our program that we make it very explicit we developed um, intended learning outcomes for communication and professionalism, etc. And also have, a, I think, a very nice way of assessing that. And then I refer to the, the portfolio and the mentor system. Mm -hmm. um, and and I, I know that, that sometimes there is some uh, resistance, especially to the portfolio, since you have to fill out all these forms. And um, students, I think, they, they mostly that they like the mentor system. But I think you cannot have one of them, you need them both. You can only have a, a good working mental system if there's also a portfolio, since there has to be some evidence that you use to have a sort of dialogue with your, your mentor. And based on which you can say, well, if this is the case, if you reflect on it, then this will be my next uh, steps in my, my, my personal development. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that, that that's very special in our um, Better program, and it was also something that was um, highly appreciated by the um, last uh, accreditation committee when they visited us. They they really complimented us for this part of the innovation. That's always nice to hear. Always nice, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's imagine that you only have five years uh, to come as a director of education. What would you like to accomplish in these next five years, for example? What development would you like to see? What implementations? What would you like to see in the future? Well, it's, it's, it's even worse. I have, um, I have only five months 
and 10 days to go as a direct medication. Really? Oh, okay, yes. Didn't know that. <laughs> Breaking news, I guess. <laughs> Breaking news indeed. Yeah, maybe, maybe for you as students it is, but well, all these, these roles at my state university, then normally they are for a term is three years, and I'm not sure whether it's my state university, but especially in FHNL, it's one term is three years, and then you can have another term for three years. Mm-hmm. Um, when we started eight years ago, um, Leo Keulerg uh, was then started as a bachelor coordinator, and Wilfred Germer started as a master coordinator and as director of education. So we would all leave the management team at the same time. So then we decided, well, Leo would stay one year longer and I two years longer. So, okay. so I had have some, quite some extension. Okay. And also, although still I, I like this very much what I'm doing, I think it, it, it's also very good there is. There is a come fresh ideas um, um, that can build on what has been created or think, well, we should do it in a different way. Um, I think that, that that's good. Otherwise, it's um, it becomes not biomedical sciences, but it comes kind of on Saddleberg sciences, and that's, that's not a good idea. I <laughs> <laughs> will eat you. You should, should, you should not become your, your work. Yeah, that's very true. Absolutely. Uh, well, Absolutely. There, there are, of course, many uh, people in, in the faculty that, that uh, have their ideas on education and mm. that also want to develop them. And obviously, I had this, I had my chance, and there will, there, there will be a lot of other chances that I can works uh, that I can do. So it's now time yeah. for somebody else. Yeah, very do we already know who's going to be the next director of education, or is that still? No, no. I think I think the the applications are now going on, so I think it will be announced. Yep. I don't even know. You, you never know how that how that yeah. goes. Whether there, there are many applications or only one, I don't know. Okay. okay. Exciting times indeed. Okay. Exciting times indeed. Um, okay, but since we've left my five months left as our director of education. Um, what would you still like to improve within the biomedical sciences program? Yeah, well, well, more in general, I think that we um, it, it, it would be nice to um, further integrate the competences in education. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe you have heard about the um, societal impact project. That's, uh, that's now something yeah. that's running for first year students. Mm-hmm. It's, it's extracurricular, mm-hmm. uh, and next year we want to build that within the first year program. So then we um, give a number of students the opportunity to work for the entire first year on a project. Uh, so it's as, as part of their longitudinal uh, lines. Mm-hmm. And within this project, they also they, they, they fill out these animal source feedback forms. So they judge each other on the communication and collaboration, professional behavior. Since what I I notice now sometimes is well that there are many students that reflect very well on it, um, but when these multi-source feedback forms are filled out at the end of a course, it's it's um, not all it's not always filled out completely as it should. If somebody's mm. not collaborating very well, then well, you think it's, it's easy to think, well, next course, 
I have another team of students. I don't see you anymore. So, yeah. so why would I bother to be very precise and maybe a bit critical in my feedback? So, um, the feedback is not, it's not optimal. And I hope that when we create a, a longitudinal project of an entire year, or actually we'll start in the second course, so the first eight weeks is just as, as, a, as a kind of introduction, then mm. you you depend on each other for a longer period of time. Mm. So then it's it's relevant that you, you give feedback and that you also give relevant and good feedback. So feedback that helps the other to, to improve. Not only to say, well, you're always late or you never comply with your deadlines, but try to formulate a new way that you can convince your peer to change his or her behavior and mm -hmm. that you as a, as a team grow. So that's where I think that, that we can um, integrate the competences more. Mm -hmm. And related to that, these, these projects, I also wanted, I mentioned already, problem-based learning should be passion-based learning. Um, what, what I see is that um, quite some students at the beginning of their study, they think, why do I need to, to follow these courses? Why immunology and why biochemistry, etc.? And then they go to do their, their thesis at the end. They work on a real, authentic problem. And then I see, well, wow, this is nice. Now I understand why I need bio, biochemistry. Um, so I was wondering, why don't we bring this project to the front of the study? So if we start with a real project in year one, um, students will see, well, what is, what are these disciplines? Um, what is the use of these disciplines? And they also will see um, what the relevance of biomedical sciences for society is. Since that's also something that students often wonder. So I now study biomedical sciences. Some of them actually wanted to study medicine. So. Mm. Why biomedical sciences? Why is it good for? And if you do a real project in the beginning, then you get some feeling. And if you share your project with the other projects of other students, you see that there is a, a wide variety of opportunities for biomedical sciences. Hmm. So that's where I see some um, options to further improve biomedical sciences. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a, that's a great idea, definitely. Yeah, and I'm quite curious to see how they're going to be implemented. Yeah, it's definitely an ambitious project, but if it works out, I think it would be great, actually, for first-year students. Yeah, next year we will do that as a kind of, of research project. Mm -hmm. So in the first period it will be normal, then we inform students about it, and then we ask, give students the opportunity to, to participate. And, well, there will be students participating, and others that will not participate. So at the end of the year, we can compare these groups with respect to their development of these competencies, but also their their intrinsic motivation. Nice. It's, it's actually really interesting. Uh, let's hope everything works out and we have some nice data to actually implement it. But, uh, well, since you mentioned that your term is coming to an end, um, if you look back at all you have done in the, like, as a director of education, what which accomplishment are you most proud of? Yeah, uh, well, well I, in the very short, it's the revision of the, the Bachelor and the Master mm -hmm. program. Yeah. And I think that that was, was quite a revision, and it's 
it, it, it's, well, I would like to state that very explicitly. It, it's not my own accomplishment. There has been a, a large team getting this together. Um, but it, 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 well, it was very nice to be part of that team and uh, bring this to get this together. Mm, definitely. I think, I mean, I think a lot of the students actually don't know that the program has been revised a few years ago. Uh, could you perhaps just very briefly summarize what are the main differences between the old program and the new program? So without going into too much detail. Yeah, well, I'm, I mentioned already the uh, introduction of the competencies. Mm -hmm. So before we, the old program, we didn't have a portfolio and a mental system. And of course, students had to give presentations and to write things, but it, it was not um, explicitly assessed. Um, there were less opportunities to choose. Uh, well, we had a common first year and then after year one, you could choose between three um, disciplines, human movement sciences, um, molecular um, biology, and the third one was um, nutrition and health, I think. Mm -hmm. So there, but, but then the you, you choose a track and then you follow all the courses in the track. And what we now have is, um, is a minor. And also in the, the second part of year two, you can already make some choices. But the intention of the minor was to allow students to choose, um, to get a personal, to get a personal touch to education and also to um, prepare yourself for a master. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, the minor period was definitely a period that I very much enjoyed. It was really great having the freedom to choose the course that you're actually interested yeah. in and to be able to specialize and thereby, like you just said, prepare for your master's yeah. degrees is fantastic. Great. Well, 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 what I see is that um, for many students, this is still a challenge. Um, mm -hmm. They are used to education where somebody tells you, you have to know this, this and this and then you will get a grade. Whereas our philosophy is, is that you, you, you take the responsibility of your education yourself. yourself. So um, you really have to think about what will I, um, how do I want to develop as a biomedical scientist? And if you know that, and maybe after you have to find out in the first two years, then you can decide, well, I want to follow this in this kind of master and if this is my goal for the master then i use this uh, as a minor mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely absolutely in, in a way the, the 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 problem of having to choose is a good problem to have yeah <laughs> and then there's one other thing that's different between the old program and the new what, what really should be mentioned it's it's intermission. Mm -hmm. right um before we had just a program in dutch mm. There yeah, were yeah. some uh, German students that problem Dutch, uh, Dutch is not that difficult that could follow it, but um, no foreign intake. Right. Um, and well, I think that that's that's a really um, benefit for our program that we have now about twenty-five to thirty percent of students they they come from abroad, and that's that's also important when it comes to professional development. Since, um, well, everybody says, well, when you're graduated, you will have to work in an inter international context. 
But when you need to work in an international context, you also need to be trained that there is diversity. That there are people, even if you go across the border, border to Belgium, you might think they speak the same language they do. And they are also very nice people, but they have different habits. Yeah. And well, I don't want to judge the habits anyway, but it's it's good that you notice that and that you on that you experience well. There are they have different habits, but in itself they are nice people. They also want to um, develop their careers and find a good job and have a, live a happy life. So um, with internationalization, we can bring that feeling of diversity in the program and help students to experience it and to find out ways to deal with it. Mm. That's fantastic. It's great. I mean, otherwise, Lara and I would be sitting here. Yeah, so, exactly. So we very much appreciate this. <laughs> great. Okay, now, obviously, one of the major subjects we can't um, not mention is the COVID-19 crisis. And with respect to the current COVID-19 crisis, what, in your opinion, was handled very well inside the program? What was it that we did very good? Well, I think what we did well is that um, we kept going on. Um, mm. Maybe you know that there's a song from uh, by, I think it was Splendid, and, and the title is, or it, it's a line from the song. It's if the going gets tough, the tough get going. Yeah. I think that that is what we did. Um, and I think in our society, we very much acknowledge all the, the work that has been done by people that work in healthcare, but I think the same also holds for people that work in education, not only in higher education, but in education in general. Um, what, I, what I realized that over the past year, um, we constantly had to reinvent our education all procedures that we had, well, these, these were procedures that that had evolved over a couple of years. Um, well, well, we started, we started, for example, we started our bachelor eight years ago. So we, then we thought, well, this is not well, we improved it and improved it again and again. But now suddenly, March 16 last year, nobody could go to university. So we had to think about, how are we going to do this? And then we thought, well, we are now in course four, so we cannot do the exam at the end of the course. Let's postpone it until June, that everybody can come back to the university and we do the exam. Well, in June, there was still lockdown. And so we, we, we kept on changing and we had to invent everything. And that, of course, that goes, especially in the Netherlands, that goes together with a, a lot of negotiations and talking and discussions. It's, it's not a bad thing, but it's, well, it takes some time and a lot of energy. And I think the fact that we managed to go on, that, that's a great accomplishment. And I think, well, of course, um, there are students that might have had some delay, but I think that, that's a minority. And well, if you have the other opinion, um, I'm happy to hear that. No, uh, definitely. Also from personal experience, like I have a lot of friends in different countries with course different university and basically all of them experience at least a semester worth of delay especially in Italy while here uh, in Netherlands in general but specifically in Maastricht I haven't heard of really anybody experiencing like a big delay that was not just a failed exam that could be easily fixed let's say like that 
So yeah, I definitely agree that just the fact that we kept going on towards no big delays was a big thing, actually. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I can only echo that. Also, have many friends who are unfortunately facing study delays, and we don't have that issue. So that's uh, fantastic. It's really great. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, you are happy with how some uh, problems were handled as a course uh, in the whole course in the program. But what do you think could have been handled better than what it was? If there is anything, of course. Um, uh, well, it's, it's very easy in hindsight to say, well, we should have done that different. Yeah. But, but given a situation um, and what I see that, that many of our colleagues, they worked very, very hard. I think this is the best that we could have done. And well, we, we, we call this, this a crisis uh, and that, that's not without reason. So I, I think it, it's good that we also just ex accept that it is a very hard time. And that, that's, that's not saying that we need to be passive, but just accept that, well, we're now in this situation, we have to deal with it and um, do our best to, to get out in a, in a new situation. So I, I, I don't see um, how we could have think, done things better. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, I think it's a very good skill attitude. Also the realization, obviously in hindsight, uh, there are always things that one could have done better, but if you're faced with a situation um, in that moment in the first place, it's very, very difficult, very challenging. And like we already said, I think we did a very good job overall, and we can be very happy not to have faced any study delays, for example. Yeah. Now, with regards to COVID, our last COVID question for the day. Um, what do you think will be the long-term impact on COVID-19 on our program? Our program? Um, yeah, I think we, we started doing online. Um, and we think that we can do more things online. Um, yes, I think we, we have learned that. that um, I think if I would have said to you on March 14 last year that we, we, we can do education online, um, I would have started laughing very hard. Uh, but now we've proven that we can. But, but at the same time, um, I, I have learned how important physical presence is. So uh, maybe we, we can use some online education in the future, but, but I will be very happy if I can go back to university. Um, for example, now, um, well, if, I, if I, I, I try to look at you, I should watch over there in my camera. But when I look at my camera, I cannot see your image, which is somewhere down there. So I don't see how your response to what I'm saying. And mm. um, personally, I, I feel that as a real handicap. And also, if, if you have, have a meeting and if you want to agree or disagree, um, uh, that, that's, that makes it more complex. Um, also, just touching other people, just mm. shaking hands or uh, touching a shoulder. Um, these kind of feelings, um, I think that, that that's that's very valuable, and that that's something that we're missing now. And we, we are, I think, in our society, we are very focused on what we see, 
Paulina explained that even what we see is now hampered, but um, th there is the unconscious effect of, of feeling and, and smelling and, and hearing, and all these things are we are missing now. Mm. Um, and and that is, that's what I learned, that is, it's very val valuable. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I so I, I started appreciating the presence of other people. Mm. No, so did I, so did I. I think this, this pandemic really showed that we are deeply social creatures. Definitely. Uh, well, what, well, what you also learn in this is that communication is so very, very important, but also so very difficult. Uh, and it, it, this last year we had often that we thought, well, I sent you an email, so you were informed. Or, um, well, but just sending somebody an email is not the same as having somebody informed. Um, and the other way around, sometimes it was also that we informed colleagues or students too often. They said, well, of course, I know, I know that this is budget working, so why do you inform me again? So it's, 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 it's a very delicate expertise to communicate well and inform other people. Mm, very true. Oh, definitely. Uh, so nice. Uh, at least we learn something. That's always nice. Uh, always some take home message, even from the hard times, I think. Uh, so uh, we are almost at the end of this interview. Uh, we have one last question. Um, that is, is there something that you would like to say to any students or even staff members listening to this podcast? Yeah, well, I, I started with saying that uh, PBL should be passion-based learning. Um, yeah, and no, I would like to, to invite all students to uh, listening to this, to, to think about what your passion is and try to follow it. Um, and, and also I would like to invite them uh, and to feel welcome to, this, to discuss any further developments of our program. Um, I think that's something that I started to realize in the last year is that well we, we revise the program to give students more opportunities to find their own ways but if you take it a step further it also would imply that we um, invite students to, to to participate in developing and further development program we started a revision by teachers changing it in a way that we think that it's good for students. Mm -hmm. But I think we can involve students much more. So I would like you all to um, bring up your good ideas to, to improve our education. I think it's a very nice, yeah, very nice call to, to arms, so to speak, <laughs> and to share uh, the ideas. Yeah, it's great. I love that. Fantastic. So yeah. I think that's it. Thank you very much for being here. Larry, do you have anything to say? Absolutely not. Thanks again for being available, first of all, because... Second person to be interviewed by you, and, and well, well, I really like to do these kind of things. Nice. Very well. <laughs> Great to hear. Nice. Okay, thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.